Welcome to the Locked On Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, this Monday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All of the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. I am very excited to be back with you guys on a five-day-a-week schedule as we get closer and closer to training camp. And speaking of that, we are going to start off today's show talking about all of the updates we got over the weekend about the discussions around training camp right now between the Players Association and the NFL League office. It's crazy that it's been four months since this pandemic really hit the United States of America. The NFL had four months to iron out these procedures and these protocols to have safe return to work. And unfortunately, that time was wasted. And with less than a week or a little more than a week out from training camp, none of these issues have been resolved. It is pretty crazy that the NFL, if you told the NFL that a pandemic would hit and you had them pick a time for it to hit to give them the best opportunity to be ready, you would have expected them to pick right after the Super Bowl in early March. Well, that's exactly when the pandemic really hit, and unfortunately, the NFL still has a lot of unanswered questions. So we are going to talk about where things stand in regards to the agreement between the Players Association and the NFL about how this should work, or lack of agreement for a better description of what's really going on. So we're going to talk about all of the updates we got on that front, as obviously all of that information affects the Tennessee Titans. But we do have to realize that training camp is coming. The NFL is having it on schedule, and that means on the 28th, the Titans will report for training camp, and there are a lot of training camp battles to watch. So we are going to start a little Clash of the Titans series here and take a look at some of the most hotly contested positions on the roster and roles that need to be filled. And we will start today with the backup quarterback role. So I have a little bit of a game that I want to play here. Duh, maybe, and WTF. So I'm going to give you three options at the position that I think would make some sense. Some make more sense than the others. That's why it's duh, maybe, and WTS. So we'll look at the backup quarterback role today, and then we will round out a Monday show. It was a weekend full of different football news in one way or another, and I got a lot of takes to talk about. One of the things that has me probably a little more upset, a little more fired up than I should be, is the release of the Madden 21 player ratings. So I'm going to talk about some of the Titans ratings there and then give you just a little bit of a Rollins rant on the entire situation. There's a lot of debate around the ratings, so I'm going to talk a little bit about my feelings on those ratings and something that happened last season. And in my opinion, I directly influenced a certain Titans Madden rating. So we will talk about all of that today. Really excited to jump back into five days a week and if you are excited for five days a week of Titans content throughout the rest of the season make sure that you subscribe to the Locked on Titans podcast on Apple podcast follow on Spotify Stitcher Google Play wherever you stream your podcast whatever platform make sure that you are locked into the Locked on Titans podcast as I get you ready for training camp coming up in a little over a week so we got to talk about those protocols that are up in the air we got to talk about a major training camp battle and I got a little bit of a Rollins rant for you guys to start off this Monday let's get it
got a ton of updates over the weekend from NFL Network's Tom Pelissero about some of the ongoing issues between the Players Association and the NFL around the procedures that need to be put in place for training camp to take place during a pandemic. And to get us started, let's take a look at the current schedule as the NFL has laid out and not deterred from whatsoever. July 21st, which will be Tuesday, all rookies are expected to report to camp on July 23rd. Quarterbacks and injured players are expected to report. And then on July 28th, which will be next Tuesday, all other players are expected to report for training camp. Then August 20th through the 24th, we're expected to see preseason week one if it's still played. Then August 27th through August 31, we expect preseason week two if it is still played. Then September 10th, we have Chiefs Texans kicking off on Thursday night football, kicking off the regular season. And then September 13th is the first full Sunday of football. That is the expectation. But there are a lot of things still to work out. And those started with a call with the league's owners on Friday. And after that call, this is the statement that the NFL put out. Quote, NFL clubs met today via video conference and received an update on preparations for the 2020 season. We will continue to implement the health and safety protocols developed jointly with the NFLPA and based on the advice of leading medical experts, including review by the CDC. We will address additional issues in a cooperative position to play a full regular season and postseason, culminating with the Super Bowl, which is the shared goal of the clubs and the players. That's what the NFL put out, and it made it seem very rosy, like things were going to work out and things were going to be fine. But one of the problems that we have is the NFL Players Association doesn't necessarily agree with everything the NFL has put forth, and there's a lot of things at this moment in time that are still unknown. Like, how will COVID-19 impact rosters? One idea that was endorsed by the NFL's competition committee that could help teams deal with COVID-19 tests during the 2020 regular season, something Tom Pelissero tweeted, is allow unlimited players to return from the injured reserve and non-football injury list. Basically, at this moment in time, the rule is you can have three players return from that sort of list. Well, the NFL competition committee is basically saying allow as many players as possible to return. At this moment in time, it seems like if you are tested positive for COVID-19, you will miss three weeks. That's the plan right now. So after those three games, basically those players would be allowed to rejoin the roster, something that with the current rules wouldn't be able to take place. This is something that's still being discussed. Another thing that is still being discussed is player opt-outs. Professional sports leagues right now are giving their players the opportunity to opt out of the 2020 season if they feel it's too unsafe for them and their family. And right now the NFL is basically saying that players will need to give written notice by August the 1st if they choose to opt out of the 2020 season. Another big issue that's still being discussed is how the NFL and the Players Association will deal with the economic ramifications of this issue. Right now, the NFL has proposed that they take 35% of the player's salary and hold it in escrow to deal with the financial loss the next few seasons. Players have obviously said no to that. They don't want to give up any money at this moment in time, but the NFL is saying if they don't do that, then they would essentially have to move that revenue shortfall to 2021, something we've talked about that could potentially impact the 2021 salary cap. 
Right now, though, the biggest deal is, based on current rules, only 20 players are allowed to be in NFL facilities at this time because the NFL Players Association has not signed off on the infectious disease emergency response plans put together by each NFL club. So if the NFLPA does not sign off on that, technically they won't be allowed to have more than 20 players in the building. And how will that work if the NFL is mandating that all players show up on the reported dates? At this time, all 32 teams have submitted their infectious disease emergency response plans, which were approved by the NFL's chief medical officer, Dr. Alan Sills, as well as joint infectious disease experts per Tom Pelissero. So right now, the ball is in the union's court as to whether or not they will sign off on those response plans. And if not, only 20 players will be allowed in the facility. And then we have a major standoff between the NFL and the Players Association as training camp arrives. Obviously, the hope of anybody out there has to be that that they figure everything out and that even though there's a limited amount of time left, that the Players Association and the league figures things out so they can keep things on schedule, as surprisingly, the NFL has been able to do for the most part throughout the entire offseason. But we are going to jump into the first role we need to examine for our Clash of the Titans training camp battles to watch series here and we are going to start with the backup quarterback role do a little duh maybe WTF who will win the backup quarterback role we will talk about that next but first I want to talk to you guys about Rock auto.com so as I've mentioned throughout the summer it's hot a lot of car issues arise your car can overheat you're running your AC more than you ever do along with your engine there's just a lot of problems that can pop up on you randomly caused by the immense heat of the summer and when you're looking at repairing your vehicle or just doing general maintenance you have to check out rockauto.com rockauto.com is a family business that has been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years go to rockauto.com right now you can shop from hundreds of different choices for auto and body parts you can have any kind of specification any kind of price that you're looking for you have multiple different options to go through and one thing about the price is they're not going to give you the most expensive price on the market like you might find at a car dealership they're not going to upcharge you their store fee if you went to a chain storefront type of place where you could get parts they're going to give you the best price possible because everything is wholesale they're shipping it directly to you from their warehouse you never have to worry about what's in stock behind the counter they don't have this they don't have this for your specific vehicle they have everything from engine control modules to brake parts to tail lamps motor oil even new carpet so remember the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers so never spend twice as much for the same parts go to rock auto.com right now see all the available parts for your car or truck right locked on in the how did you hear about us box remember there is a how did you hear about us box right locked on in there so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com
as I mentioned at the top of the show, one thing that I want to do to get us going into training camp is take a deep dive into the roles on the roster that are still up for grabs. Some of the most hotly contested roles available on the team. The Titans are bringing back a lot from last year and are trying to keep continuity. So a lot of the big roles on the team are already filled, but there are uh, quite a few key roles that are not. And we are going to start diving into those today with the backup quarterback position. So let's take a look in this little Clash of the Titans training camp battles edition here at three possible outcomes. I want to do duh, maybe, and WTF. So let's start off with the duh option, and that is going to be Logan Woodside. So somebody who's been with the organization multiple times, had different experience on the practice squad with the Titans. So let's take a look at Logan Woodside as a backup quarterback option. And right before I jump into all his information, remember we've talked about on the show why the backup quarterback role is so important. We saw exactly why last year Marcus wasn't getting the job done. In comes Tannehill, and look what happened to the Titans' whole entire season. Now, I know that we're not going to see a similar uh, situation similar to that, where we have a guy who just all of a sudden bursts on the scene and becomes the face of the franchise and gets a $100 million contract. I'm not saying we're going to see something like that, but having a competent backup quarterback who can come in for a few games, look at what happened with the Saints last year, with Teddy Bridgewater, who came in, went 5-0 and when Drew Brees got hurt. So, you have to have a backup quarterback option that's competent, especially in this day and age with COVID-19. What if Ryan Tannehill were to get COVID and was out for three weeks like we talked about in the first segment? Who is going to play? Yeah, he's not going to be gone all season. The season isn't ruined or tanked because of an injury, but we need somebody who can steady the ship for a couple of weeks. Do the Titans have that on the roster? So let's talk about who could fill that role since it is so important. And the duh option is Logan Woodside. He's probably the favorite for the job right now. He's been talked about very highly by teammates like A.J. Brown, by head coach Mike Vrabel, general manager John Robinson. So let's look at Woodside's history here with the Titans and as a professional quarterback, quite frankly. So he was drafted by the Bengals in the seventh round of the 2018 draft. He was signed on May 11th. 2018 and eventually the Bengals waived him on September 1st 2018 before the season began he signed to the Titans practice squad on September 3rd 2018 but the Titans released him on September 25th 2018 then in April of 2019 the Titans signed Logan Woodside back and he was waived again on August 31st due to you know training camp cuts he didn't make the official roster but was kept on on the practice squad and spent time on the Titans practice squad throughout the entire 2019 season. The Titans did sign him to a futures contract in January of this year to keep him on the roster for training camp. And during that time, though, Logan Woodside had his most professional experience being the quarterback for the San Antonio Commanders in the AAF, the now defunct AAF Football League. Now, Logan Woodside played in seven games, started seven games, had 112 completions and 192 attempts. That's 58.3% completion percentage. He had 1,353 yards. He threw seven touchdowns, but seven interceptions. He also ran for 43 yards on 25 attempts. He was sacked 17 times as well, but only fumbled once in those 17 sacks. So he did have some ups and downs in the AAF. 
I think based on that experience, based on his lack of any tangible experience in the NFL, he's never taken a snap, uh, never been on an active roster for a game. I mean, right now, how can you count on him to steady the ship for a couple of games if need be in 2020? But at this time, it's fair to say that you know, he is the favorite here, and if he's made steady improvements to make him an actual NFL caliber player, then great, but it makes me nervous. But at this time, he's definitely the duh option if you had to ask who would take over that backup quarterback role. Now, if we go to the maybe option, in comes rookie seventh-round pick Cole McDonald, quarterback from Hawaii. And during his time in Hawaii, he ended up playing in... 33 games, completed 616 passes and 1,004 attempts. That's a 61.4 completion percentage for 8,032 yards, threw for 70 touchdowns and 24 interceptions. Cole McDonald had a ton of experience at Hawaii, and he was an electrifying player. He's got pretty good athleticism a really strong arm, and he's not afraid to take chances. So a very exciting style of play. Honestly, kind of compares a little bit to Ryan Tannehill from a skill set standpoint. Maybe he can learn from Tannehill and kind of hone his skills there. The big problem is he has a really wonky, extended, long throwing motion. He brings the ball down by his hip. The entire offseason, any update that we've got on McDonald has been about his throwing motion. So right now, if this guy doesn't have an NFL quality throwing motion and throwing mechanics, well, that makes me nervous as well. But he definitely has more talent and more upside than Logan Woodside. So maybe the Titans say if Woodside doesn't impress enough, they'll go with with McDonald anyway because he has more upside. He was an actual draft pick from this year, and if you're getting similar quality from the players, why not take the guy with more upside? So right now, Cole McDonald is the maybe here, but in my opinion, if the Titans have to pick between the duh or the maybe, I want them to go with McDonald. Take a risk on the high upside play. If you have Logan Woodside as your backup quarterback and Ryan Tannehill does get hurt or gets COVID or anything like that, I don't think that you're you're getting anything of value out of Woodside anyway. Take a chance on the rookie with immense talent and a similar skill set to your actual starting franchise quarterback. Now, to get into the WTF choice. I think at this moment in time, based on what we've seen from the Titans, it would be a major surprise to see them go this route, but... If we get into training camp, if we get into the few preseason games that they have, if there are any, and Woodside and McDonald both look really bad, the Titans front office could be forced to go out into the free agent market and pick up a veteran quarterback and two options that I have that would be WTF options that I personally support would be Trevor Simeon as the number one option here, still a free agent on the market. He started 25 games in his career. I mean, that's a lot of experience, way more experience than either of the other two options, considering that they've never even taken a snap in an actual NFL game. So Trevor Simeon has started 25 games in his career, and he has a winning record, 13-12 and 12, in that time. And it would be an even better record. He'd be 13-11 and 11 if not for one start with the Jets last year when he got obliterated. So the Jets team was terrible, too. I'm not going to lay that 
on Trevor Simeon's shoulders. It's not his fault that he lost that game. But if you take that out 13-11 and and his time in Denver, I mean, this guy is a winning record as a starting quarterback in the NFL. How can you justify taking Logan Woodside or Cole McDonald over someone like that? And Simeon has a little bit of athleticism to him. In Denver, they always ran that zone run bootleg action that the Titans love so much. So in, in my opinion, Simeon makes a lot of sense. And then another option... Another option is Blake Bottle Service Bortles, baby. Bortles Service. He's obviously had 73 starts in his career. I mean, we know that he's been a starting quarterback for a lot of years there in Jacksonville. And although he's much maligned, and there's a lot of jokes about Bortles, and I personally have cracked on his skill set and everything that he brings to the table, he would most certainly be a better backup quarterback than Woodside or McDonald. And he's got way more experience. And I think that Blake Bortles could win you a game or two if he had to play for three to four games in a season. So in my opinion, the WTF options are actually the best options. But the Titans are obviously trying to save that money, see if they can make a run at Jadavian Clowney. That makes a lot of sense. But if Clowney signs elsewhere and the two options ahead of the WTF options, the favorite in Logan Woodside and the maybe in Cole McDonald, and neither of them impress whatsoever and the Titans don't get clowny, there's no reason whatsoever that they shouldn't go out and get a veteran quarterback who can right the ship, steady the ship, if Tannehill does get injured or get infected for a couple of weeks. So that's a training camp battle that we have to watch. It's going to be very important to the team. But it is time to cap off our show with a little bit of a Rollins rant about the Madden 21 ratings. Yeah, it's just a game, but these people are rating players and taking into consideration everything that these players are putting out on film. Well, so we think or hope. I'll talk a little bit about that in my rant, but I want to go over some of the ratings that have come out for some Titans players, and some of them just don't quite make any sense. Specifically, one player who just recently joined the Titans, his rating compared to some other players on the Titans, it's it's mind-boggling. So I'll talk about that rating with you guys next. Let's wrap up our Monday show with a little bit of a Rollins rant here, combined with the release of Madden NFL 21's player ratings, and they obviously gave us a ton of Titans ratings, so let's take a look at some of the top players on the team, and once we get down closer to the bottom of the list, it'll lead me into my rant here. So Derrick Henry is a 93 overall. I do want to say that last year, Derrick Henry did not have the stiff arm X-Factor in Madden. If you play Madden, you know what I'm talking about. His ratings were disrespectful, quite frankly, and it's something I spent a lot of time, probably too much time, on Twitter giving it to the Madden ratings adjuster who's responsible for these ratings. Um, they had Samaje Pirine with a, a higher strength rating than Derrick Henry. I mean, Give me a break. So keep that in the back of your mind. Grain of salt with these ratings. Something I will talk about at the end of our conversation. But Derrick Henry's a 93. Kevin Byard's a 91. Top five safety for Kevin Byard. Top five running back. Second best running back, I believe, ratings-wise in the game for Derrick Henry. Brett Kern is an 84. The guy should be a 90. The weapon, he's fantastic. But can't complain too much about that rating. Roger Saffold and Taylor Lewan are both 84s. That makes sense. Adoree Jackson has an 83. Can't complain there. Harold 
Harold Landry, 82. A.J. Brown, 81. Now, I would say A.J. Brown deserves an 84, 86 rating, but he was a rookie. I get making him prove it a little bit, but it doesn't make sense that A.J. Brown is a lesser player than a Dory or Harold Landry. He's a better football player than those guys. So I think an 83-84 right there with uh, Lawan and Saffold would have made more sense. Ben Jones is an 80. Tannehill is an 80. Disrespectful. Corey Davis, 79. Daquan Jones, 79. Jeffrey Simmons, 79. I expect Simmons rating to go up pretty quickly next year. Rashawn Evans, 79. Jayon Brown, 79. Kenny Vaccaro, 78. Adam Humphreys, a 77. I think that's fair. Malcolm Butler, a 77. I don't think that that is right. Jonu Smith, a 75. So I'm going to stop there in terms of just reading off the ratings to you guys as we get lower and lower on the roster in terms of importance, but one thing that I do want to point out here is a rating that I didn't mention during the list, and that is coming in at an 81 overall, Jonathan Joseph. So Jonathan Joseph is a glorified assistant coach for the Titans. He's not going to be expected to play major snaps in a major role. So having him as an 81 overall, saying he's the same caliber player as somebody like A.J. Brown, he's a better player than Ben Jones, Ryan Tannehill, Daquan Jones, Jeffrey Simmons, and Malcolm Butler. Malcolm Butler is better than Jonathan Joseph. Come on. Malcolm Butler is getting way too big of a hit for the first eight games of 2018 when he signed with the Titans. Other than that, he has been relatively fantastic as an outside corner for the So I think that those ratings should be switched. If anything, Jonathan Joseph should be the 77, and Malcolm Butler should definitely be the 81. But the Titans are criminally underrated, and it appears that a lot of these ratings are just copy and paste from last year. And that kind of leads me into my rant. We've just seen so many Madden ratings that don't make any sense whatsoever. You look at uh, the running back ratings. Saquon Barkley was rated an 89. He was like the seventh best running back according to the ratings. It's preposterous. And then you look at another uh, example here and I'll get to why it, it does make a lot of sense that these are the two examples that we're seeing. Miles Sanders Miles Sanders from the Philadelphia Eagles was rated an 80 overall. Darius Geis, for the Washington whatever they're going to be, was rated an 81. I mean, that in itself just really doesn't make any sense whatsoever when you look at their statistics. Darius Geis is an 81. He had 245 rushing yards, 79 receiving yards, and three touchdowns. Miles Sanders had 818 rushing yards, 509 receiving yards, and six touchdowns. Miles Sanders had 1,300 total yards. Darius Geis had 300 total yards. Miles Sanders doubled him in touchdowns, and Miles Sanders is an 80 and Geis is an 81, not to mention Geis only played in five games last year. So basically, what you want to look at here is is the person who's doing the ratings, and that is uh, ratings adjust ratings Justin Smith, as he goes by on Twitter, at Equipment Guru. Um, basically, he is a Cowboys fan, and everybody knows it. 
So when you're seeing NFC East running backs get absolutely miserable rankings that really don't make any sense, might I mentioned that Saquon Barkley was an 89, and the internet basically was like, this is outrageous, and then immediately they bumped him up to a 91. The guy has taken out his personal petty vendettas for AFC or NFC East teams because he's a Cowboys fan out on his Madden ratings, a game that people pay for, a product that people expect to improve and get better. It's absolutely... I guess preposterous. Like I said before, um, and then the the guy making the ratings had the gall to go on Twitter and basically complain um, about the hate that he's getting and said that it's one of the more difficult jobs in sports due to limited amount of advanced info. Okay, first off, Madden brings in about $4 billion every year. I don't want to hear any complaints from people over at Madden that they're overworked or the job is too hard. You bring in $4 billion a year off your game and you buy gold chains for rich NFL players because they're 99 overall. You buy custom cleats, gold cleats for NFL players because they're 99 overall and give it to them for free. Some of the richest people in America you give out free merch to, but you don't have enough money or resources to make accurate and fair rankings in the video game you profit $4 billion off of? Okay, I'm not going to listen to anybody complain about that job. I'm, I'm not. What should happen is Madden should be partnering either with a data research firm or somebody like Pro Football Focus to create an accurate and just and logical ranking system that actually pays attention to the players and how they play on the field. Is that so much to ask from a $4 billion game franchise? No. And if you're like me, I've, I'm I'm 29 years old, guys. I'm in the video game generation. Some of you are probably older, don't care about video games, never played them. Whatever. But I've been playing Madden since I was a child. It's a big, important part of my football life. And to have the game that I've invested so much time and money in just be ridden into the ground over personal petty vendettas from Cowboys fans, it just seems insane that that's actually taking place. It's not professional and... It's one thing to do a bad job. It's another thing to complain that the job is too hard when you have all the resources and don't take advantage of them. So anyways, I'm going to stop ranting about video game rankings now, but I'm sure a lot of you guys out there play Madden, like Madden, and are as perplexed as I am by how these ratings uh, come about and how they settle on some of these players in the rankings, at least position by position. But that is going to do it for today's Monday edition of the Locked on Titans podcast. Glad to be back five days a week with you guys, so I'll be back with you tomorrow morning on Tuesday morning to talk more about these training camp battles, more updates on the policies and procedures and the debates that are going on between the Players Association and the NFL itself. We are getting closer and closer to football though. Don't know what it's going to look like but it's right around the corner so really excited to keep giving you guys content five days a week throughout the rest of the year. Make sure that you're subscribed to the Locked On Titans podcast on whatever platform that you do stream your podcast. Now that you are done with this episode of the Locked on Titans podcast, you should check out the mothership, the NFL National Show. It's a, it's a really good one, and you can tell your smart device to play Locked on NFL. Never a bad time to get caught up on all of the national news. But that is going to do it for me, folks. As always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked on Titans. Locked on Titans.